0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9 it's in your bible keep looking (laughs) after thessalonians you got timothy 2nd timothy chapter 1 and verse 9 It says this he has saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we have done but because of his own purpose and grace this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time he has saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Let's pray. Father, I just, as we go to this word, I just pray that by the Holy Spirit, you would speak to us. I just thank you that this word is gonna make a difference in our hearts and lives. We haven't gathered to meet with an individual, we've gathered to meet with you. Let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Let our hearts be open, receptive, to hear from you, Lord God. And in the midst of all the words that will be spoken, Father, let your word come individually into our lives. We're hungry for your word, Lord God. I pray, Father, let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation Bind every fear and intimidation in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for what you're going to do today. I thank you that you will speak in Jesus' name. Amen. and Amen we're in a series entitled for this reason one of the things that we believe as Christians is that we are not here by accident we believe that God has a purpose and a plan for our lives and that's what this series is really all about last week we looked at a couple of key scriptures and I could give you so many more from the Bible that speak about the fact that we're not here by accident we're created by God for purpose Jeremiah 29 for I know the plans I have for you says the Lord God has a plan for your life God has a and it's a good plan to prosper you and not to harm you. Ephesians 2:10. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which He prepared even before we were born. We are the workmanship of Christ He's put us together uh, to do Uh, his to fulfill his purposes Paul says in Ephesians one of the scriptures we looked at last week therefore I a prisoner for serving the Lord beg you I'm reading from the New Living Translation to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God Paul is speaking to the Ephesian church and he says, I plead with you I beg you I beseech you to live a life worthy of the calling that is upon your life. And I know that so many of us, you know, as we look at ourselves, we go, well, I don't think I'm called by God. You're called by God. He's called by God. She's called by God. There's something special about that person and the other person, but there's nothing special about me. And I love the way Paul adds, for you have been called by God. And just in case that there's any mistake about it, you have been called by God. But Pastor Joe, you don't know my life. My life's a disaster and a mess. How can I possibly be called by God? Because the Word of God says so. We're not called by God because we're perfect. We're not called by God because because we've got it all together. We're called by God by the grace of God. Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. Paul would often say, I'm the least of the least of the least. I I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, but by the grace of God it's the grace of God that uses people like you I still don't understand it I say God why would you use people like us and yet he does and yet he does by his grace and for his glory and I want you to know there's nothing greater than you can do with your life than to discover and serve the purposes of God where we serve in an area, work in an area where we feel like this is what I was created. I wanna encourage you, those who kind of thinking, I'm not sure Pastor Joe, I'm not sure if this is for me. I get it for other people, but I'm not sure it's for me. I, 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 want, I want you every day to just begin to say, tell yourself when you're alone, don't do it in public, but when you're alone, I'm called by God. I, I'm, I'm called by God. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I am called by God, by His grace and for His glory deep inside all of us is a sense that there's more to life than just existing paying the bills eating food or even chasing success we chase success only to find when we get there we think well is this what it is there's got to be more than this there's a sense that we were created for something that has eternal consequences ecclesiastes says that god has placed eternity into our hearts and and there's and there's a sense that we were created for more what that is exactly we're not sure but we know there's got to be more to life than what we're doing key verse for the series is the words of jesus who says now my soul is troubled and what shall i say father save me from this hour no it was for this very reason that i was called that i came to this hour jesus is about to face the cross and he's kind of almost praying he's saying to god i i it's got to be another way than to go to the cross and he's he's kind of having discussion in his mind and then he says, but wait a minute it was for this reason for this reason that i came to earth to go to the cross i wonder do we have that kind of clarity about our own purpose I wonder do we have that kind of conviction about our own purpose in our own lives. My prayer for you in this series is that you would step into the call of God for your life. Man, it, it, that, that, you would, that, you would, that you would get a revelation of what that means, that you, would, that you would step into the call of God for your life. Because so often when we think about calling, it's a destination. What am I called to do out there? Actually, it's an attitude of the heart. And you can step into the call of God today where suddenly you start to live your life with a sense of call that I'm here to serve God, that I'm I'm here, I'm here to be the hands and the feet and the mouthpiece of Jesus. You step into the call of God and you start to see your environment completely differently. That's my prayer for you. And as we do that, then God will lead us into the things that we need to do. That the more we sense his calling, that the greater the sense of calling in our life, that that the, the more fulfilled our life will be. Big question, how do we discover our calling? Well, last week we looked at the first principle, know yourself. One of the things that helps us understand the call of God is to look at how God has wired us up. He's wired us up differently because he has a different purpose for each individual. As you flow with the way that God has wired you up, you will get a clearer understanding of the call of God on your life today we're going to look at another principle and that is grow yourself know yourself and now grow yourself when it comes to calling some people might say well it's easy for you pastor Joe Um, you know you're a pastor so you it's easy for you you can see we can see that this is your calling but I have no idea what God has called me to do so today I want to kind of take the mystery out of out of this whole thing of calling and i want to give you three unambiguous callings unambiguous callings that all of us have and it turns out that as we pursue these three callings you won't have to find your calling because your calling will find you it's as as we pursue these these three unambiguous callings on our lives you're not going to have to find your calling your calling is going to find you and I pray the Holy Spirit will speak to us today so what are are the three unambiguous callings on our lives the first one it's really deep so get ready it's the call to salvation it's the call to salvation now I know that sounds a little bit basic but but um, but this this particular point is really profound in fact I think when it comes to discovering our calling this is probably the most important out of all the principles. Bible tells about Matthew, who was a tax collector and tax collectors were not nice people. They were not nice people at all. And Jesus says to him, um, come and follow me. He leaves everything and he begins to follow Jesus. Um, he then has a party at his house and he invites all of his sinful buddies to come along with him and Jesus comes along as well and they're eating together Pharisees looking at this the religious types you could just see them in all their garb they're saying you know look at Jesus what kind of what kind of person is the Jesus he even eats with sinners and tax collectors and then Jesus says it's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick I have not come to call the righteous but sinners the first calling on everyone's life is the call to salvation. It's to know Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. It's to know Jesus, not just as some historical figure, not just some, as some good person that walked the streets some 2,000 years ago. It's to know Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. It's the first and the most important call on our lives. Now i know there might be some of you here today you're visiting someone dragged you to church or you've kind of been visiting for a while and you're kind of watching and and just seeing everything and you're kind of wondering is this real is it not real you know um you know you've got questions in your mind who paid for the seats you know where does the money come from you know, you're kind of just watching, which is really good, by the way. I think it's great. You know, just feel free to come and just analyze and, and, and ask the questions. It's all good, just as long as you keep coming, you know. Uh, and, you know, we have all these questions about, you know, you know, I don't know, evolution versus creation. You know, are the scientists completely wrong about this? Is, it, is, it, is that all possible? And so on. And the reality is there are many people when they started coming to church thought exactly the same thing. When they first walked into church, they go, oh, I don't know about all of this, you know. I, 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 I don't know, it Just I, I can't, I'm not sure I can accept all of this. But then one time, one time when they came to church, it was just another service, just another worship set, something happened. Whether it was through the singing or the speaking, they felt something understood something and suddenly their eyes were open and they invited jesus to be their lord and savior and they they experienced the they stepped over the line they experienced the greatest miracle of all the miracle of salvation and now their life has been radically changed and they love church (laughs) because of the building they don't see this anymore they love the presence of god they love the worship the word of god I was blind, but now I can see. Said the, the little boy who was healed by Jesus and the Pharisees are, well, what happened? And how did he, what? Well, I, the little boy says, I don't know. All I know is one thing. I was blind, but now I can see it's the miracle of salvation it's the greatest miracle of all it's the greatest miracle that anyone can experience coming to know Jesus Christ not just as a historical figure but as their personal Lord and Savior someone that loves them and that's willing to accept them for who they are and all of us can experience the miracle of salvation all you need to do is acknowledge the sin that we all have sin in our lives all have sinned and fall short of the, the glory of god believe that jesus died on the cross for us and confess him as our lord and savior believe that jesus died on the cross for our sins and say lord jesus be my lord and Savior." invite him into your life it's not the words it's about the attitude of your heart say "Lord jesus come into my life be the lord and savior of my life it's that invitation i confess you as my lord and savior so when we do that, we can experience the miracle of salvation. You can experience that this morning by praying that simple prayer. Our first call is the call to salvation. But that calling doesn't just stop at salvation. We are called to know God intimately. It's not just, oh, uh, yes, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I tick that box. I'm done. Thank you very much. No, that's, that's not where the calling stops. We're called to know God intimately. Paul said, I wanna know Christ. I wanna know Christ, I wanna know Him. I don't wanna just know about Him, I wanna know Him. For some people, their relationship with God is like their relationship with the Prime Minister. They don't have one. (laughs) He's like an acquaintance. If I saw the Prime Minister tomorrow, if he walked past me, I'd I'd recognize who he is. I don't know who he is. I do know who he is, I don't know who he is. We've never had a conversation I don't have a red phone in my office that it's a direct line to the prime minister. I don't, I don't, I don't know him. But we haven't some people for their relationship with God, God for God is is like an acquaintance to them. They've heard about him, know about him, see him, but but they don't know who he is. For some people, their relationship with God is like their relationship with their doctor or their lawyer or their accountant. When they need something, they go to God. When you need your doctor, you go and see him. But apart from that, you don't ever go and see you. You don't make an appointment to see your doctor. Hey, you're going. Everything. I'm just ringing. I'm just making an appointment to let you know I'm going great. You know. You don't, you don't go and see your doctor to do those kind of things. You only see your doctor, your lawyer, your accountant when you need something. Some people are like that with God. They have a relationship with God. The only time they ever go to Him is when something is bad, which is a good thing, by the way. It's not a bad thing but but God wants us to have an even deeper relationship with him some have a relationship with God just a little bit deeper for them God is a friend he's a friend There is a friend the Bible says that sticks closer than a brother it's it's more than an acquaintance it's a friendship and and they can talk to God and they've learned the power of prayer and and they can spend some time in the presence of God and that's and that's great and that's and that's a good thing but you know uh, I don't know about you but some of the friends that I've got we only see each other every so often we don't see each other all the time some people have a friendship with god but 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 it can go deeper still so for some people they understand that god is like a father which is an even deeper relationship it's our father which art in heaven they've understood something that they are they are children of god but listen carefully we can still go a little deeper in our relationship with god god wants us to have an intimate relationship with you and me this is going to sound a bit weird but stay with me because the closest most intimate relationship two people can have it's physical intimacy it's it's the deepest relationship that two individuals can have and when paul says i want to know christ the word he uses there is actually that word there it's the it's the deepest possible form of closeness that two people can have i want to know christ paul is saying i want to know christ at the deepest possible level i don't want to have an acquaintance with god i don't want to just know him superficially i want to know god at the deepest possible level Call to know god not at a superficial level but at a deep level to have a relationship with god and to talk to god and to know him intimately. how is your relationship with god how's your relationship with god today more time you spend with god the closer you get to him you'll hear his voice with greater clarity giftings will be released purpose will become clearer you'll have wisdom and insight gifts of the holy spirit the more time you spend with god the more like jesus you will become i love the story of mary martha in the bible they've invited Jesus in the lounge room come on you know the story Um, Mary is at Jesus feet listening to Jesus and Martha's cooking in the kitchen she's cooking in the kitchen she finally loses it because Mary's there at the feet of She's not helping her and you know Martha finally loses it and she says Jesus tell her to come and help me happens in every family most times most nights it's the same thing Jesus says Martha Martha lord answered you are worried and upset about many things but few things are needed or indeed listen carefully only one mary has chosen what is better and will not be taken from her so many of us are trying to find the call of god on our lives when all we need to do is sit at the feet of jesus and learn to enjoy his presence lord just tell me what moves you (laughs) just tell me what moves you lord just, just tell you don't come into the presence because Lord, I've got some stuff I need done. Lord, I've got some issues I need. I need you to help me with this. It's, it's we come into the presence of God and we just say, oh Lord, just tell me what moves you, Lord God. Because I want to get closer to you. Bible says that Jesus would often, would often go to lonely places, spend time with his father again and again. Jesus said, I've come to do my father's will. How did he know his father's will? He spent time with him. I'm convinced, listen carefully, that the more time we spend with God, the clearer the call of God will be on our lives. You you cannot s- spend time with Jesus and move further away from your calling as you spend time with Jesus you will get closer and closer to the call of God upon your life I know that's true of my life when I was in my 18s or whatever that, that kind of age I started to get closer to God I didn't I knew about God but I made a decision I'm going to get closer to God started to pray spend more time with God and as I did that as, as as I was praying then ideas had come in your mind I want you to do this I want you to leave your job I want you to go to Bible college I you to go to university it's out of the presence of god that god begins to speak to us about the kinds of things he wants us to do there's nothing greater than developing a relationship with god in fact our primary purpose in life is to develop a relationship with the lord jesus christ it's love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength everything else flows out of that relationship the answer to your greatest problems are in the presence of God. Jeremiah says, it's God speaking, call to me and I'll answer you, tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Isaiah 45, three, I will give you hidden treasures, but you have gotta come and get them. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places so that you know, may know that I am the Lord. Man, it's God inviting us. He's saying, just come, just come. Pastor John, what does that look like? It looks like 10 minutes a day just finding a place by yourself and talking to God. It's not complicated. It's not complicated at all. You don't have to study the Greek and you don't have to study the Hebrew or whatever it is. Maybe study Italian. That'll, that might help you a little bit. But, but the rest of it, it's not, it's not that. It's What well, God is interested more than anything else. It's not the words. It's not what's happening. God is interested in your heart. He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to know. He wants to spend time with you. And I'll give you hidden treasures. Paul says to the Corinthians, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. It's going to blow you away. First unambiguous calling we all have is to know God, to love God. Don't focus on the call of God on your life. Focus on your relationship with God. And the closer you get to God, the clearer your call will be. Second of the callings is the call to holiness. After coming to know Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, we're then called to be like Jesus. We are Christians. We are disciples of Jesus Christ. Our goal is to become like Jesus. So often when we think about calling, we think about what to do. Calling is about who who you are more than what you do. Paul said to Timothy, for God saved us, listen, and called us to live a holy life. Notice Paul didn't say, God has saved us and called us to be a missionary, a teacher, a bricklayer. God has saved us and called us to live a holy life. Pastor Joe, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with my life, my calling. Paul makes it... It's unambiguous, See, the word is really clear here. We're called to live a holy life. What does that mean? When we think about holiness, we usually think about you know, women wearing hats and no jewelry, no makeup, men in suits and ties. We have all these preconceived ideas about what holiness actually is. To be holy means to be set apart. It means to be different, it means to be like Jesus. It means to think less like the world, to behave less like the world, to be more uncomfortable when we're we're in the wrong settings, to gossip less, to lie less, to do less of the things that, 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 that Jesus would not have done, more of the things that Jesus would do. There was a cliche many years ago, not cliche, it's become a cliche, but there was a phrase that many people use, what would Jesus do? What a, what a great what a, what a great principle to live by. Like. what would Jesus do what would Jesus do if he worked walked into this setting what would he do right now because the kinds of things that Jesus will do are the kinds of things that I want to do can I hear an amen what would Jesus do it's what I want to do as we read earlier Paul says to the Ephesian church I plead with you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Live a life worthy of the calling of God that is upon you. Holiness speaks about wholeness. It's not a bad word, it's a great word. It's about becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Holiness has less to do with what you wear or how you look. It has everything to do with the condition of your heart. Calling is more about who we are becoming than what we are doing. It's a who before a do. The question is not what am I called to do. The better question is who am I called to be? What does who does God want me to become? Paul says to the Colossians and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. What, what whatever you do, do with faithfulness, passion, integrity. Do it for Jesus. And it's amazing. The closer we become like God, the more we become like Jesus, the clearer our call we become. As I die to myself, be faithful in the little. Become a person of integrity. When I reject the the temptation to compromise, when I stand for truth and righteousness, reject the temptation to make a name for myself, when it becomes all about Jesus, the kingdom of God, the glory of God, now, you don't have to find your calling, but your calling going to find you. People say, "Pastor, I understand it's about character, but I, I need something tangible. I need, I need something I can get my teeth stuck into." Well, let me give you a few suggestions. Some of you called to be a spouse, a parent, a friend, a Christian, a member of the body of Christ. How, how can I say I'm ready to pursue the call of God in my life if I don't love my wife, treat my kids badly, cheat on my employer? Gossip about my friends. Talk bad about my church leaders. Refuse to forgive a friend that hurt me. How can we say we're ready to pursue, oh God, just call me. to. Lord, I'm ready for that great thing you've called me to. How, how How can God call us to that when we're not being faithful in the little things? Jesus said, be faithful in the little and I'll entrust you with more. Jesus said, "As as you as 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 you as you as you do the right in the in the little things, then then I'm going to give you greater responsibility. Why would God entrust us with a million dollars if we don't know how to handle a hundred? And that's true of money, and that's true of friendship, and that's true of position, and so on. I remember many years ago in the Italian congregation, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people. This guy was an amazing guy, amazing servant." And then he, he got a position on the board, he changed. <laughs> I said, What happened to that beautiful servant, you know, so so many so many years ago? I mean, he was just a beautiful guy. Then suddenly, you know, I'm a board member, you know, people gotta do what I say, you know. Um, if I can't handle the little things, how are we gonna handle the big? How is God gonna give us greater responsibility? Erwin McManus says this: how you treat what you're in right now may not have a direct relationship to where you are going. But it has a direct relationship to who you are becoming and who you are becoming has a direct relationship to where you are going that's a powerful quote I'm going to read it again how you treat what you're in right now may not have a direct relationship to where you are going but it has a direct relationship to who you are becoming and who you are becoming has a direct relationship to where you're going One day, Jesus is not going to say, well done, good and important servant. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Because first and foremost, it's about character. It's about Jesus shaping us. Paul said to Timothy, God saved us and called us to live a holy life. We're called to know and love God and, and then we're called to be like Jesus. I mean, here it is here. Just, oh, Pastor John, I want to know what, what, what I'm called to do. Well, here it is, unambiguously. Develop your relationship with God. I, I, I believe what I'm preaching, by the way. And some of you are going, well, I hope so. <laughs> uh, I, I believe this with all of my heart. You understand? It's a testimony of my life. It's, it's come to know God. Develop your relationship with God. Forget about everything else forget forget about what people say to me oh pastor joe you know how did you become a pastor like did you like have this special call i never had no special call okay when i when i was in my, i just said god use me do something with my life was my prayer every single day as i walked with god i said lord god i know your word says we are god's workmanship created in christ jesus to do good work i know that i'm called by god just do something with my life i don't care what it is and as I began to pray that prayer you know it's a dangerous prayer to pray that prayer because as you begin to pray you sure you want me to do something with yes God just use me for your glory and then God is thinking yeah but we've got a bit of work to do I don't care Lord God just use me for your glory and then God says okay but we just got to change one or two things and then god allows us at times to go through some tough situations why because he's working on our heart got some pride to deal with joe Got some pride we gotta we gotta we gotta deal with got some attitudes we need to deal with joe and god puts us through a through a series of situations not to beat us not to destroy us but to shape our heart God does some of his greatest work in shaping the human heart in some of the darkest times of our life. It's where God does some of his greatest work. It's in the valley that we learn that God is, I will fear no evil for God is with me. It's in the darkest valley that we learn that God is with us. Consider it pure joy when you go through trials of many kinds for the trials produce something in you that has eternal value. And you know, I hate trials. Anybody with me? I've never once rejoiced at a trial. You've got to be joking. I've never, oh, praise the Lord, I'm going through a trial. Never never, 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 never. But as I look back ten and twenty years, I say to myself quietly, I don't say it too loud, thank you, Lord, for those trials because they, sh- they did something in my heart. They, they shaped something in my heart. I'm a better person because of those trials. My relationship with God is different. My relationship to people is 100% different because of those trials that I went through. You know, if you wanted advice, you needed to see me when I was 18, because that's when I knew everything about everything. I wasn't even married, and I could tell you about everything about parenting. I mean, I knew everything about everything about everyone. I'd just come and see me, bang, 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 I would have sorted it out. <laughs> Until I went through a few situations in my life, and I realised that what I actually knew was, was not zero, it was in the minus. It was in the minus. Everything I knew about God and understood about God, just, it just went through the gurgler but it was in there that I learned that God is with me you know i had the, you know i experienced the job my ears had heard of you but now my eyes have seen you there's a guy not 5 minutes left there's a guy that talks about the seven stages of a of our walk with god the first stage is to come to know god the second stage is to grow then we start to serve in a particular area and that's that's basically what we do that's a lot of the things that we do some people are not happy with the first three stages they want more God do something with my life the fourth stage of spiritual growth is you hit the wall that's the fourth stage of spiritual growth it's you hit the wall where everything you know and everything you understood it's a set of circumstances that are designed to, to just to just yeah to break you it's terrible It's hard it's difficult you can't see your way ahead it's the job experience and all you have is your faith in god and all you can do is wait on god but it's right there that god does some of his greatest work stages five six and seven are back to the same where you start serving you 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 uh you continue to grow but you and and want to know god but you do it with a completely different attitude in the first three it's all about you in the next three it's all about him it's about his kingdom his glory and his relationship with you third one is the call to serve first cause us to himself then to be transformed and then to service in fact, one of the great qualities that God wants to shape in our lives is the heart of a servant. I say to people, if you want to find your calling, three things: desire to be used by God—that's the trigger; desire to, Lord, do something with my life—it's the trigger. It's what gives the Holy Spirit permission to start to shape your heart. Number two, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your heart. Oh, Pastor Joe, I'm just looking. Hey, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your heart. Pastor Joe, we need, we need, you know. Someone makes an announcement, we need cleaners. Whatever your hands find to do, just do it with all your, it's not about position, it's about serving. And then be faithful in in the little and God will entrust you with more. And through that that process, God wants to cultivate a servant heart it's the heart of a servant it's what God promotes God does not promote gifting he promotes a servant heart he doesn't care how talented you are he doesn't care how gifted you are how popular you are what God promotes is a heart of a servant Bible tells the story of James and John came to Jesus secretly I love this teacher they said we want you to do for us a favor sure Jesus said well, what would do you want and they replied when you sit on your glorious throne we want to sit in in places of honor next to you one on the right and one on the left not very shy these little boys were Jesus said you don't know what you're asking for oh no they said we're ready for the task now we can do this Jesus said it's not for me to assign these positions they're assigned by my father And then the Bible says, when the ten, the other ten disciples heard about this, they came around and they hugged them and they rejoiced with them and they said, Way to go, guys. Well done for getting in before us. You know, when when the ten heard about this, they became indignant. How many people have used indignant this week? Just in your normal language, indignant, you know. They became indignant with James and John, angry, outraged, furious. And Jesus called them together and said you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them not so with you instead whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be the first must be slave of all for even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many leadership in the kingdom of God is synonymous with servanthood those two words mean exactly the same thing in the kingdom of God in the world you got the leaders and you got the slaves you understand we got the leaders up there and there they're calling the shots and then you got the slaves there's a there's a there's a there's a chasm between those two things in the Bible leadership is servanthood we define leadership as as influence as being influential we can all be influential How do we become influential? I tell you how we become influential, it's by serving. The greatest influence that we can have on people is by serving them. You wanna be a leader, somebody, oh, I wanna be a leader. It's pretty simple, start serving. Find the lowest position you can get and just serve. Serve, come with an attitude. Don't come with an attitude of being number one, come with an attitude of serving. Philippians chapter 2, read it this morning. He talks about, he says, and Jesus, have the attitude, have the mind of Christ who did not consider equality with God something to be right. Instead, he emptied himself and became a servant. He became a servant. He lowered, he lowered, he lowered, he lowered himself even to becoming, uh, 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 even to be crucified on a cross. The, the position of a, of, of a criminal. And then the Bible says and the Lord raised him up at the right time become a servant I love the words of David the Bible describes David and when David had served God's purpose in his own generation he fell asleep notice the word servant it's not David telling God what to do he surrendered his will to God oh it's beautiful he surrendered his will to God and he just said, God, what is it that you want me to do? Because that's what I want. I want to, I want, I want to serve. You're the, you are the Lord and you're, you're, you're my Lord and Saviour. I just want to serve you, God. You, you just tell me what to do, Lord God. Get a, get a tea towel, put it over your, over your arm and just say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? We're called to serve. People often ask the question, what am I called to do? Here are three clear biblical, unambiguous callings on our lives it's the call to salvation it's the call to holiness sanctification and it's the call to I guarantee you (laughs) you start doing these three things and the call of God on your life is going to get clearer you won't have to find your calling your calling will actually find you now I don't know if they these three things kind of sound familiar to anyone but it describes the vision of our church. We want people to love God. We want people to grow together and we want people to serve others. Our tagline is changing people's destinies because we believe that if you love God, if you love God and commit to knowing Him and you know, all of us can pray a simple prayer. Lord, I want to know you more. I I, I pray this every single day. Lord, I want to know you. I want to know. I don't want You to be my consultant. I want to know You, Lord God. I want to know You at the deepest possible level. I wanna know You, Lord God. I want to know You, Lord God. It's a powerful prayer prayer to pray. I wanna know You, God. We believe that if you love God with all your heart, if you commit to growing in faith, Lord, I just wanna become like You. It's another prayer I pray every day. I wanna become like Jesus, I wanna think like Jesus, act like Jesus, behave like Jesus. I look at my life and I see the life of Jesus and I see such a disparity, I see such a, there's a chasm between these two. I'm saying, Lord, help me to become more like Jesus. Help me to become more like Jesus. And then commit to serving God. Commit to serve. You know, I'm done. All All of the literature, secular literature on leadership, says this, the greatest leaders in the world, Jim Collins, level five leaders, they're a combination of leadership and servanthood. That's secular research, says the greatest leaders in our society are servant leaders. Come straight out of Bible. Whatever position you have, whatever it is that you're doing, it's not about position, it's an attitude of the heart. Just serve, serve and you'll have the greatest influence. When you go to work tomorrow or school, serve, find an opportunity to serve someone. Look for an opportunity to do something, for buy someone a coffee, take someone out to lunch, do something, I'll do that for you, don't worry. Serve, see what God does with your life. Here are three questions. What's your relationship with God like? Are you growing in your relationship with God? Are you serving somewhere? Or are you looking for stardom? Because as you love God and grow and serve, you will discover the call of God on your life. You won't have to find your calling because your calling will find you by His grace and for His glory. Can I hear an amen? Is that okay? Pastor Joe, that's, it's a little bit basic, but we'll, like, you can get away with it today, but it's a little bit basic. It's those three principles that are going to lead you to your calling. I believe strongly with all my heart. Let's stand together. I see an amazing congregation here. You're an amazing group of people. And I see a big number of people, but what I see is individuals, each individual in the balcony I see each individual each person created uniquely by God for a reason and for a purpose created for such a time as this in the name of Jesus and nothing would give me greater joy as a pastor and us as a leadership team than to see you pursue and fulfill the call of God in your life we are the body of Christ as we pursue the call of God on our lives we become the body of Christ and that's my prayer for you. My prayer is that you will be everything that God has called you to be. And so, Father, I just pray this word. That this word is not just going to be another word, but it's going to be a word that's going to change our hearts as we leave this place. We're going to start praying. We're going to start praying and believing, God, we're going to know you in a greater and a deeper way. We want to grow in our knowledge of you. We want to serve your purposes above all else. I just pray Father God that as every each and every one of us commit ourselves to these three simple things that you're going to start to speak to us about the dreams that you have for our lives that as we're in your presence Lord God we're going to get a picture of the things that you want to do in and through our lives Lord God it's my prayer for each and every one of us that it be so I pray in Jesus name amen and amen god bless you if there's anyone here today that would like prayer and if you've never given your life to jesus i'd love to introduce you we're going to be here up at the front love to pray for you the rest have a great week in jesus name amen